Trailer Island Podcast. And then as, as per every week, I'm joined by... Steve... And Matthew and I'm Alex and what I think this uh, that that uh, the, the sound at the start yeah I was just thinking that works with this week's uh, yeah. very fitting film. that's right did we we've managed to pick a film that fits our theme I didn't think about that yeah oh that that penny has we didn't plan that that's just that's just happened <laughs> finally something on brand for us <laughs> yeah we're a clever bunch aren't we yeah cool hey um. <laughs> Yes, we're the Trailer Island Podcast where we compare films and their trailers did the tra- did the film deliver what the trailer promised. And this mm-hmm. week we've got a, we're going a little bit, how far are we going back? 20, well, technically 21 years. Oh, wow. Are you serious? Yeah, this came out in 2000. Oh, I'm feeling so old. I know. Oh my right. gosh. Um, I guess it's probably, out of all the times, it's probably the most appropriate time that, um, that uh, oh, where, where is he? Where is he? Oh, there, there we go. Oh. I'm the captain now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Time Tug Captain. Yes, we're doing a Time Tug. He's becoming a little bit aggressive in his old age, isn't he? He is. Ever since mm. he had a bit of time, ever since he brought the uh, the uh, the native Indian mm. out to accept his award at the end of last year. Whiskey angers up his blood. Okay. I feel unsafe. Yeah. I, just want it, I just want it noted. <laughs> All right. Who wants to introduce this week's very, well, I'm going to say very old. It's only 21 years old, but. Oh, God, it's 21 years old. <laughs> I'll do it seeing as Matt was only six when it came out. <laughs> no, I was four. Oh, that's better. Uh, this week's film is Castaway. We live or we die by the clock. That's how long we have. Two lines, two lines. One to the airport truck, one to the Moscow truck. Nikolai, tick-tock, 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 tick-tock. 50 seconds! When that clock hits zero, you send this truck. I don't care if Lennon himself comes out of his tomb with a priority package. I absolutely positively have to get to Memphis tonight. We'll do our best. Okay, I'll cancel Saturday. No, don't, don't. If I'm not here, I'm not. Just so long as you're here, New Year's Eve. I will be here New Year's Eve, I promise. Two more minutes! Thanks! Hey! Oh, my. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I love you. I love you too. I'll be right back. Fire engine one. Okay. Get in there. That is a very interesting trailer. What a misadvertisement. Uh, 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 that, that was a joke. Uh, oh, so I was, I was a little... Was a joke. I, I took you seriously, but I was confused by that. No, yeah. um, it's, it's definitely a product of its generation, that trailer. But uh, one thing I do notice is, unlike other trailers from the era, it doesn't have the voiceover. Yeah. yeah. It still does have 
still does have text with stuff like at the edge of the world, but it, there's no one actually saying that, which is quite refreshing. Yeah, I was going. Yeah, I'm I'm happy I didn't hear '90s voiceover guy. Maybe we should do a version with Matt doing the voice for it, <laughs> and then it'd be heaps better. Yeah, starring Tom Hanks. Yeah, there you go. And a volleyball. And a volleyball and sand. So, yeah, Castaway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Castaway. That, no music in the trailer. No music in the trailer. Uh, the trailer definitely, that first half, gives off quite a horror vibe. There was a lot of jump scares going on there, wasn't mm. there? And the, the film very much, I mean, it, like the, this is an old film. This is 21 years old, so I feel like we're a bit free on spoilers here. But the plane crash, whilst full of adrenaline and all of that, and, and it is quite a ride. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's like a horror moment or anything like that. No. I Don't, mean, it would be horrifying, but yeah, it's, but it's certainly not played out like a horror film in the, in the film, is it? Because the trailer, the trailer really gives you that idea that something foul is afoot. Yeah, and I, there's going to be something on this island. So the trailer only ends with him arriving on the island, and that's mm. where the trailer ends. And it gives this vibe that, you ha- I mean, this came out what a few years after Jurassic Park. You could easily go. Is there something on the island with him? I didn't get that impression. No. Okay. Okay. I right. definitely. I do agree that it sort of did lend itself to sort of you know almost thrillerish at the beginning of that trailer. Mm. But that that trailer ends on very like sort of a somber note. Like it doesn't it doesn't imply that you know there's something creeping around the corner. I thought it's just okay. This is the man's circumstances now. Yeah, or perhaps okay. you have the benefit of having seen the That's film. Yeah. That you know, first impressions are definitely difficult to come by <laughs> now, given that this is such a mm. this, this film came out now, twenty-one years ago. Talking of first impressions, we should sort of talk about what it's about, shouldn't we? For anyone who may have not seen the movie, mm. and I think at this point we should say that we are going to talk about spoilers because oh, it's, yeah. it's reasonably old as a film, and uh, it could it could yeah. in, if it was in America, it could legally drink now. It's true. I'm glad you're keeping tabs of that. <laughs> Um, so, Castaway is a film about Tom Hanks. Uh, that's his character's name, and he <laughs> is a he works for FedEx, the postal company. And as is established, actually very well in that trailer, and then incredibly well during the first, I want to say, first act of the film, is he is so obsessed by his job and so his life is so dictated by time mm. and the time not only because just because he's a postman but also just he's so consumed with with that job he doesn't have time for sort of his um fiance and well to be fiance i think she's he hasn't yeah. proposed has he yeah yeah ish. at the very beginning ish and um the film ultimately takes this man who is so who has no time it, he his plane crashes on a crossing on a on, during his job he's on a FedEx plane, and he's uh, he's the only survivor and he suddenly has so much time, and he has no idea how to survive on this deserted tropical island. I remember having quite fond memories. Um, first thing this film is his misadventures of trying to survive. Yeah, I found it quite interesting. You know. You know, is he going to be able to start fire? Oh, he's dealing with mosquitoes. How's he going to catch fish? And looking at it now, I kind of wonder to the realistic survival that he does manage mm, to achieve. Yeah. He does. I he, know. he does end up thriving a little bit. You know, to be fair, like he he's he is there again. You know, just I'm going to say if just for a third and final time, we are going to talk about spoilers. <laughs> but he is on the island, I think, for just over four years. Yeah. And when there's a bit of a time jump, and when he when he comes back, when we come back to him, and it's this whole four years later, he's um he's almost Tarzan. Mm. 
But but the film does address that he has been through some rough patches, even just mentally speaking, in terms of just mm. his outlook on whether or not he's going to make it off the island. So I think it's fair to say that he's only scraping by. Perhaps he's not. It's not like he's in perfect health. Yeah. You know? Well, doesn't isn't doesn't he set a noose at the top yeah, of the he mountain? Does. Yeah. He, he does. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's I, a bit dark. I, I have a terrible confession to make. Oh no! When we discussed that we were going to do Castaway, I am entirely relying on the film when I saw it about ten years ago. Ooh! And I, I just didn't. This film just didn't really give me the motivation to want to watch it. Again, oh, really? recently. I find that very strange. And mm. now you did mention this to me a couple of days ago, but this film is one that I find never gets old. Like you can watch mm, this over. Yeah. Well, I, I personally can watch this over and over again, and I, I never get sick of it. I think because Tom Hanks is so endearing in this role, mm. he is very good. And obviously, when he has Wilson, his volleyball friend, who he talks to and, and um, personifies. In my defense, <laughs> in probably the 10 years. Following its release, I probably saw it five or six times. I, I wasn't attacking you. I <laughs> I was just surprised that you weren't able to, to watch it again. That's, but that's fine. That's okay. You clearly have fond memories Time of it. Time is limited on this island. Yeah. And perhaps I was going to, I didn't want to really give myself, you know, flashbacks to us when we got marooned here on yeah. this island. Yeah. Those you poor know. people that didn't make it. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, this, this film, actually, I, I always get caught in a bit of a nostalgia trip whenever I watch this film. Because this sort of represents this this golden period in the '90s where Tom Hanks could do no wrong. Well, hold, hold, hold on, Tom Hanks has never done any wrong, and he, <laughs> and he never will. What are, what on earth are you referring to? Cloud Atlas. But I'm also talking about. Oh, this, okay. This, this, no, this, I'm not going to. I'm talking about nah, this stop. slate. Stop. I'm Cloud talk- Atlas is a great movie. I'm talking about this this slate starting from like. 1990, you know, where you got Joe versus the Volcano, which is a great film. Watch that if you've. That is on daytime TV far too much at the moment. It's a good film. Then you've got like Sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia, Frost Gump, Apollo 13, Toy Story, That Thing You Do, Saving Private Ryan, and you've got Mail, Toy Story 2, The Green Mile, and finishing off that decade with Castaway. And I feel like it's just it's just a really nice bottle cap to an entire decade worth of excellent Tom Hanks films. I was really excited to um, actually talk about this film being one of my favourite films and being such a huge fan of Tom Hanks, but I think I might have to leave after your <laughs> Cloud Atlas comment, and I apologise for getting worked up, but um, <laughs> I am just absolutely astounded that you don't like that film. <laughs> but then again, you don't like Mortal Engines, so your, your opinion true. really doesn't mean anything. That's true. Uh, and I, haven't, I really haven't watched this, watched Castaway in a, in a good long while, Okay, and I was happy to sit down and reacquaint myself with this and, and and pick up some stuff that I didn't realise the first time around. We talked about the trailer, how that didn't include any music. This film really doesn't include any music either. Like yeah, well, Until what? he gets off the island, it's... There's it, music at the beginning, but once he's on that island, there is no soundtrack until he gets off again. Which is... it That terrifies me. Mm. It does terrify me. That it adds the atmosphere. The sound design is actually, again, it's terrific sound design because you never notice it mm-hmm. at any point. But you, if you were to sort of, you know, hit play on this and just watch it, it sounds weird, but watch it with your eyes closed and just listen to it, I think you'd have quite a good experience just listening to the sounds mm-hmm. they've, they've created for this. 
like when they when he's having the storms, when he's in the cave, when he knocks his tooth out. I think the sound design when yeah. he's like revving up to because he's got a um, bad tooth and he has to take it out with um, some ski. Uh, no, some what are they called? Uh, what do you call it? The blades, the, the ice, like, ice skate, skates, ice yeah. skates. Thank you. That have just washed up because some packages wash up onto his island and he makes stuff out of them because he's, you know, he's a bear grills of his generation. Um, <laughs> But yeah, the sound design like is just there's no music, but you're you still feel that kind of um, tension. They've mm. still created that feeling of tension. It's terrific. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot technically going on in this film that needs to be applauded. Obviously, the sound design is one of those, but I don't think I've ever seen so many one shotters in a film before. Yeah, long takes in this. Yeah. Long take. But my favorite one is when the postal truck breaks down outside the Kremlin. And there's and the camera it doesn't stop, but it's doing all these intricate moves. There's all this blocking with multiple characters, and the whole scene is one take, mm-hmm. and it's got mm-hmm. so much energy to it that it's it's terrific. I love there's there's an element when he gets back on land, and he's um, talking to a gentleman about his his thought process on the island, and that I think probably monologue is about five minutes long, mm. and the camera just basically sort of. Does a semicircle around Tom Hanks's character? I, mean, I think it's a, even a full revolution, but the entire time, and I, I, I understand why it happens so often in this film, is these one shotters are really, really good at increasing those that tension yeah, throughout the yeah. whole thing. Even when he gets off the island, there's always this like, what's what's Chuck gonna do now? Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get your point. It, it creates a sort of feeling that you're a bit more of a voyeur watching this man survive, kind of thing. I, I think is that. And also just a testament to Tom Hanks as well. Mm. If you put a camera in front of a good actor. <laughs> and, and, a, and a good script. And a good script, you're going to get something out of it. Mm. You mentioned it being a good script. Now, that's an interesting point because there's not a lot of dialogue in this. Like Traditionally, you would, you would associate scripting with dialogue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In this case, a lot of it is actions. And that are presented on screen in a way, and they and another character is introduced of sorts that allow him to have conversation, which sort of give you a well, gateway yeah. into his mind. Wilson is a, is a very clever device that they the, the volleyball is a very clever device to allow him to vocalize. That's right. And yeah. so, what what do you think about this story that makes it strong and and watchable? Well, I think in, just in terms of in context of the script, I think. You know, we always know that exposition in script writing is a bad thing. You know, you should inform the viewer either through character action. You shouldn't. You should never have to explain. Like, like you say in Mortal Engine, Steve, when she we have the flashback to her backstory, and then at the end she goes, "That's my sad story." It's like, mm, yeah, you didn't need to say that though, did you? Because it's context. Mm-hmm. And I think this film, what I love is, yes, there's so little dialogue. It's, it's almost all the information you get really is all through his actions and what you're looking at and the way the camera is has framed something. And there's there's no voiceover going. And then on this day, I felt sad because I tried mm. to ride the raft out into the like. You just see it happen almost mm. in real time. It's what it kind of feels like. And I think to have an actor who can just look at just ha- what would have been paragraphs of just just block text in a script, but then also find his character arcs, his motivation, the high points, the low points. Obviously, he's working with the director as well. But I just think it's such a good script to allow it to be so open. I think it's brilliant. I do agree with you, but there there are points when he gets back from the island where I was sitting there sort of last night watching and going, I think Helen Hunt and Tom Hanks are maybe talking a little too much here. There, mm. are, there are some real feelings being vocalized. Um, and, and 
you know, watching that, listening to that, I'm going, mm, maybe this needs to be. But then on, on, on reflection, I go, I really, really don't mind the fact that Tom Hanks is saying that, you know, uh, the one thing that kept him going on the island was was Helen Hunt's character, but now he has to let her go. I, I, it, it's exposition and it probably doesn't need to be there, but I still appreciate, you know, the, the performance going into that exposition. Uh, you, and I, oh, sorry. I oh, I was just thinking, do you think that that is done that way because he spent so much time on the island? Is he sort of got this disassociation with how to actually interact with yeah, people? Maybe. No, I would agree. And the best way of doing that is him by simply like putting it out on the table. These mm. are the things that I'm trying to say that I feel. No, I would absolutely agree with that. I would suggest that he's actually stating the things he's doing out loud because he got used to doing that on the island. Like he wakes up going, what do I need to do today? I need to go and do this. I need to, And I can imagine him saying that out loud as a checklist kind of thing. Almost, Yeah, I'd agree with that, yeah. I find that some of the most interesting parts of this film are probably when he gets back from the island. Mm. Um, I love the, the, the idea of exploring what happens to a man when he's removed from society for four or five years. Mm-hmm are then replaced into it with time having gone by. Uh, there's an amazing uh, TV series called Rectify that sort of explores that where a guy goes to prison for about 20 years, comes out as found not guilty and has to sort of readjust to life outside prison. And I, I love the, the, the scenes when he gets back from the island, especially with Helen Hunt. Like some, some of the, that acting is, is, has always stuck with me for the last you know, 20 mm. years. I do like it when they, you know, they go into the garage and it's, oh, there's my car. And I just, the little exchanges they have suggest an actual history between them as when they were a couple. Like it, you believe their mm-hmm. relationship yeah. through the little sort of more inane stuff that they notice. Like when it, I think he's looking at the fridge magnets on the fridge at one point and you can sort of see he's noticing things that he has no recollection of, therefore things that he wasn't there for, things have happened since he's disappeared, that whole thing. But I also, just on the topic of the script, I also like the, the comedy that is throughout this, but some of it's quite ironic comedy. Like mm. it's in the trailer, that shot where he sort of, he gives a wrapped package that is very much shaped like the box you would have a um, red, wedding ring in or a um, proposal, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, an engagement an ring. An engagement ring. Thank you. That's the one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so she knows that he's going to propose to her, but he as he, he's late for his plan and he just yells back, I'll be right back. And you as an audience member know he's not going to be right yeah, back. Yeah. And it's just, it's it's sad, but it's kind of comedic. And it makes you go, oh, you, 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 you get wrapped up in it. You mm-hmm. go, something bad is going to happen. And even when he's sort of um, on the plane before the crash, he goes into the cockpit and says, oh, do you know where we are? And the pilot just says, oh, we're somewhere over the Pacific Ocean. And he says, oh, you pilots, you're funny kind of thing. But you as an audience member, even though nothing wrong has actually happened, you go, but if the pilot doesn't know exactly where they are, is there something happening here? Or am I just reading into it wrong? Mm. Like the, the film plays with you a little bit. Steve, you mentioned before that you discovered a few things. Was there mm. anything else that you felt really stood out? Uh, I never really clicked on to the, um, the suicide uh, sort of element, element toward yeah. the end of the film, uh, and that might be just because I, you know, I've primarily watched this on like you know like terrestrial TV, and they might have cut stuff out. That yeah, was, gotcha. Um, uh, I, I, yeah, so I picked up that. That's that's quite good. I also got a better better lay for the geography of this setting as well. Like I, I think as a young fellow, I was sort of always confused about how big this island actually was. Um, he was quite lucky. Yeah. You know, if you're going to get marooned somewhere, yeah, somewhere with that amount of resources, not so bad. But mm. it is a small island, though. 
Yeah, but there's it's it's well populated no, with well, trees that, that's and true. such. But there is that wonderful, and I imagine for 2000 this would have been cutting edge technology, and it still does look quite good today, is a wonderful 360 he does when he climbs up to the top of yeah. that um, that rise and you see the entire way around the island. You go, yeah, this, this guy is completely isolated mm. now. Mm. Um, a clever thing as well that the film does when we're, when we're sort of talking about his obsession with time is that when he does first wash up on the beach, he's going. He's taking stock of what he's got and all the timekeeping things he's got, all his watches, they're all dead. So he's, time isn't a thing anymore. And I, just, I just like the idea that the film plays with time because we see him at the beginning, he's absolutely obsessed by it. But then at the end, when he comes lit, quite literally to a crossroads, when he's just sort of going for a drive, um, he, he doesn't really care where he's going. He's just sort of on the open road and time's not an issue. He's just being. And I like how that's his character arc because he's sort of... He realizes he took stuff for granted. And I think now he's at the end of the film. He's going, let's actually just enjoy life and actually take stuff in. Let's take it slow and actually have a look at mm. what's around me. Yeah. Now, two, two things that I want to discuss. The first one being he doesn't open some of the packages. Oh, because, yeah. Okay, here we go. Because they can... St- they're still deliverable because they've got... Well, it's the angel wings as well. It's, to mm. him, it's like a guardian angel, this package, because it's got this painting of some angel wings on it. And that Because he, he, he he's opening them all and he holds it and then he sort of strokes the angel wings and he goes to open it, reconsiders, and then puts it back down. Realistically. Okay. And it, rep- it represents hope. It I does. Know, and, I that, know. and that's why the girl he's taking it to on her ranch, she's making these sculptures and she's making the angel wings. She's sort of like the hope for him having a new life. That's what the end of the film is. It's deep, man. Yeah, well, I, I studied this film at film school. So, I, what if it's like got a GPS in there? And the, no, the direct. <laughs> you're going to hate this, and I think you may know it, but the director did confirm that that had a satellite phone in it. Apparently, of course it did. Of course it did. I How lo- dare he? So why did why would Angel Wings need a satellite phone? Um, I don't know. You have to ask her. Well, this is <laughs> another thing I picked up though. Was this this little mini story that uh, that sort of bookends the film, mm. and that is you get to see a package being sent to Moscow from the same place, from the, 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 the Walder lady's house to her, uh, her husband who's living in Moscow and obviously having an affair. Yeah. Okay. And at the end of the film, when Tom Hanks appears at her house, uh, the, the gate, which initially had both names of, of the couple there, one of the names has been cut off. Oh yeah, yeah. So they've obviously split up, which is why you, as an audience member, Tom Hanks doesn't, but you, as an audience member, know that she's available. Yeah, well, we. Yeah. I don't know why, but everyone sort of was rooting for Tom Hanks to get with the girl he just met in a ute in a country town. Yeah, I reckon they hit the, it off over the span of like thirty seconds. I think that's good writing, right there. Good acting and writing, right there. <laughs> you, you know that it's going to happen. It's just the way that. Yeah, no, I love it. It's good. Still a better love story than One Woman eighty four. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know, I would happily watch this film in French, a language I don't speak, without subtitles, than watch Wonder Woman 84 again. How specific. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask you about is Wilson. Oh, Wilson. It makes me cry every time. I'm I'm not ashamed to say. So if you haven't seen this film, Wilson is a volleyball that has his bloody handprint on it (laughs) that sort of represents a face. Yeah. And becomes his best friend on the island. Mm. And there's a scene at the end. Uh, it's so heartbreaking. But it, it's also a metaphor. Go on. So, unfortunately, it is so sad. Um, he, Tom Hanks has built this raft out of all of his sort of some trees and all the resources he's got available. And he's made a little perch for Wilson, which is actually quite sweet. 
and uh, he goes he goes into a storm the storm pretty much destroys his raft to like it's almost useless it's still keeping him afloat but that's about it and wilson he's he's tom hanks is asleep or unconscious facing the other way and the, the way it's framed is you see wilson's little perch just go up and down a little bit because it's just swaying in the tide and then it sort of goes down you hear a little plop and it comes back up and Wilson's gone. So Wilson has fallen off the raft. But you know that, but Tom Hanks doesn't because he's asleep. And it takes him so long to wake up and realize that Wilson isn't there. I think there's actually a whale subplot. This whale kind of is looking after him once he's in the raft. The whale comes along and sprays water on him. Mm-hmm. The whale also comes along when the tanker's there to wake him up to call out to the tanker. Anyway, that's another thing. Anyway, so Wilson floats off and Tom Hanks is too exhausted. He tries his best to catch him, like to get him, but he can't. He's too exhausted. He can't go too far from the raft. But the metaphor that Wilson is is basically the last thing that he was holding on to on, if you want to say, his old life that he took with him to the island. He comes back to the world with no attachments whatsoever. He's a completely free man. And he sort of, it's not so much letting go of Wilson. It's just letting go of that entire experience. He has to look forward, not look back, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so powerful. And also, it's you know, he's a volleyball with a cute face on it. So, poor Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, uh, yeah. if, we were to, if we were to give this thing a rating, would it be out of volleyballs? I think so. I do have one more fun fact. I have another fun fact. It better be fun. Yeah, this is, this is a fun fact, everyone. So... Tom Hanks, at the beginning of this film, is is not unhealthy, but he's a little plumper, perhaps, than he had been previously. Yeah. He had actually gained weight for the beginning of this film. So they shot all the first bits up to him being marooned on the island and his initial stuff on the island. And then they took a break for, I think, about six months, a fairly decent chunk of time, during which time he just lost a lot of weight. So that when they did the four years later thing, he's really skinny, he's mm. grown his hair out. And um, you can sort of... It's something that you perhaps wouldn't notice because it's, you know, it's meant to be, look realistic and you believe what they've created. But he actually, yeah, they stopped filming so he could lose all the weight and uh, he did it for real. I wish I had uh, done that for the movie Holes. Oh, I've seen Holes. Yeah. But Sigourney Weaver's in that, isn't she? Yeah, because uh, in the book, the main character starts off as a, a plumper kid. Right. And while he's working at this prison camp, he loses all all this weight and... They physical should, transformation, yeah. mental transformation. They, sh- they should have done a Tom Hanks. Yeah. Probably, probably can't ask child actors to do that. <laughs> you can ask Shia LaBeouf. Um, Shia LaBeouf actual doing cannibal that. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf's in that. I forgot about He's that. He's the main kid. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Uh, Shia LaBeouf. So why didn't Hurley from Lost lose all that weight? Uh, uh, it was just the island. Okay. Hurley's, anyway. Hurley's in peak physical condition <laughs> and the island restores you to peak physical condition. Okay, well, we've been talking about Castaway, and uh, so we, <laughs> what do we do? Uh, out of volleyballs? Yes, please. Out of hurlies? Ah, <gasps> oh, can we do bloated corpses this week? <gasps> no, we, no, no, I feel this is the one week where we can because a bloated corpse does actually wash up onto the island. <sighs> Lots of bloated corpses in our podcasts. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, I should say, actually, talking of... Um, <laughs> that's a terrible segue. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, I, I was um, talking to my parents the other day about doing <laughs> Castaway, and uh, my mum got very excited because uh, she loves this movie. Um, so I just wanted to do a little shout out. Say, like, hi, mum. I'm, I'm glad you like Castaway. I thought you were going to go, speaking of loaded corpses, corpses, here's our website. No, that would have been better in hindsight. <laughs> Anyway, no, uh, sorry about the segue there. You know, it is bloated. Our list of episodes, because there are so many now. Yeah. There are over 30 episodes, because we're cool. Thank you for saving me. Yeah, okay. Right, so we're actually doing out of bloated corpses this week. Hot damn. 
Um, I am not comfortable about that at all, but that's okay. That's okay. We're meant to be put of our com- outside of our comfort zones, right? So, who wants to who wants to go f- go go? I'll go, go first. F- Why not? Sure. Um, I'm going to give this four and a half. Mm-hmm. I don't say, think say it, it. Say it. Say it. Four and a half bloated corpses. Thank you. One is missing at the uh, the top of the torso. <laughs> Um, and I, I'm gonna, it's just a really, really fantastic film all around. You know, I I love the fact that there's no music in this until he leaves the island. I love Tom Hanks's score, uh, no score uh, performance. I love uh, the the what the ten fifteen minutes that Helen Hunt is in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want Helen Hunt to be in more things even today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, excellent cinematography. Um, it's just one of my one of my happy films. I think. Um, I would just say maybe the time of the island really, really is supposed to be the spectacle of this movie, but I really just enjoy the ending to it. Okay, yeah. way way more, way more than that. Interesting. Yeah, hmm. very good. Well, what if I go in the middle and then you can finish, Matthew? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say four. You know, I... Four Walt Alex. Uh, four bloated... <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, it just seems like just one of the films that just came out in that era and it was just good and that's all I sort of really recall about it. <laughs> I've offended you, Matthew. No, no, I, I was... Uh, I, I just... I expected more. No, it, like, it, everything's well made. I think I... A fond memory of this is just sort of the stress that the film puts you under because mm. you really feel that. Initially, yeah. I, I don't think I ever felt at any point that he was not going to survive this either. Yeah, that's a fair. That's a fair point to make. I think. Like, I think he, we do really see the best of what happens. We never really Mm. see the true, the worst of the experience. Like, yes, he cuts his feet. Yes, he might kill himself at some point. What I would suggest, well, I mean, what I would suggest is it's very similar to the the Martian which is essentially cast mm. away in space, um, where you, you do go in knowing he's going to survive, but it's the, the fun comes from how he survives. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, so I'm just going to leave it at four. Okay. No, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, for me, this is, this is again, one of those films that is just it just ticks every box. Mm. It's just got everything in it. And again, Tom Hanks is, I would suggest this is one of his best films. He's, and don't get me wrong, he's done a lot of best films, but this is definitely one of them. Um, I love the direction. I love the way this is shot, the way it looks. I think that plane crash sequence is one of the most intense, do we, do we call it action sequence, I think I've ever seen. It still makes me sweat. It's so full on. Mm-hmm. Just It becomes this kind of nightmarish roller coaster that he just has to survive and hope for the best. It's. I don't, so, I don't think they show this film on planes. No, no. The plane crash is Why not? something else. <laughs> Ask the air stewardess. Oh, do you have? Can I watch Castaway, please? Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I love this movie. It's it ticks every box. Um, For me, this film's always a bit of a two-parter with another Tom Hanks film, The Terminal. And I say that because both those movies, Castaway and The Terminal, are just really wholesome. Not always happy, but uplifting films. Uh, This one is a solid five bloated corpses from me. Hot damn! Yeah, I love this film. Very good. So that brings us to a grand total of, I believe, 
13 and a half, if my math is solid on that one, yeah. Thank yeah. you very much. Unlike, mm. unlike our bloated corpses, yes. Yes, well, yes, indeed. They do not make a very solid raft, that's for sure. No, they don't. Yes. <laughs> or food source. That's not bad. That's a pretty good result, I think. We yeah. thank the Time Tug Captain for bringing, uh, bringing us back cast away from, two, was it 2000? 2000. Mm. Wow. I was four years old. The millennium. Yeah. Maybe that's why the plane crashed. Y2K. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, I forgot about Y2K. That was a bust, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Not very yeah. exciting. Right. Well, we've been the Trailer Island Podcast, and it's also been just the Matthew Talks About Castaway episode. We hope you've enjoyed <laughs> it. I can go. It's okay. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, you hung around. Gosh, <laughs> I have to claim that you weren't going to hang around. Uh, yes, I've been Alex. I've been joined by... Matthew. Tom Hanks. <laughs> you can find us wherever you get your podcast. Visit trailerisland.com.au. Send us a message as well. Send us an email via contact at trailerisland.com.au or via the Facebook page. Whatever you want. If you've got a suggestion, please do. Uh, I've noticed recently that we've actually got quite a few five-star reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't done that on that platform or any other, shoot us a review if you're enjoying us. And, of course, tell your friends as well because... The more people who listen, the more suggestions we can get. We've got plenty of those coming up soon. So, anything else, guys? Tell the Russian bots we need those views. Uh, Can I be here next week or am I... Permission granted. Okay, good. I'll see you next week, everyone. We've been the Trailer Island podcast. We'll catch you next time and next Wednesday. This is a Narrative Network podcast.